Thank you for listening today to our podcast here at Word of Life. We're delighted that you tuned in. And I pray that while you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. I know God's got a big plan for you. We're excited to be a part of that plan. Hopefully we will see you sometime soon, maybe even this weekend. Until then, we pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. Open up your Bibles with me this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians, and we're going to look at chapter 2. Uh, There at Highland uh, Colony, I want to invite you to open up your Bibles as well, Facebook. Uh, I know some of you are watching from your living room. You're in your pajamas, like you've gotten real comfortable on your sofa, all of those kinds of things. I want to encourage you to open up your Bible and maybe even grab a notebook because this series is definitely one we want to take notes on. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we're going to look at verse number 9. It says the following, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. That's one of my favorite verses. Now, we're going to read the rest of the chapter here, but let's just look at this for a moment. As it is written, I has not seen, ear has not heard, It has not entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Did you know God has things prepared for you? God has places prepared for you. God has people prepared for you. God has cities, states, assignments that God has prepared for you. How many of you know God's a preparer? Uh, That even Jesus told his disciples uh, that he was going ahead of time and that when he left the earth, he was going to prepare a place for them. So before you ever get to heaven, God has prepared a place for you. How many of you know as Christians, we have no fear of death? Like literally no fear of death because death is not goodbye. Death is see you later. Uh, You know, we're like the Terminator. All of us will be back. Every single one of us who have hope in Jesus will see things again. And, And not only is heaven a reality, but in heaven God has and is right now preparing a place for you. God is a preparer. Now, this is why it's so important to be led by the Spirit of God, because how would you ever walk in those prepared things if you didn't know what they were? If you couldn't figure out what those prepared things were, how could you ever walk in them? I remember when I was about 13 years old, we had a guest speaker in the church uh, that I had never heard before. And, you know, I could tell as soon as she got there that she was different. Uh, Because she started walking off the stage and like walking in the aisles and like all these types of things. And I was familiar with with prophets and people who operated in the prophetic ministry. But this lady, she was just different. Uh, I mean like different and uh, scary. Like it scared me as a kid. And it scared me even more when she got up to this friend of mine who was sitting, it would be like back, right, right about like the middle section in the back. And I'm sitting, of course, on the front row because that was a preacher's kid. And, you know, I, I'm watching this lady kind of walk the aisles and give words to different people. And I'm like, okay, like um, I see. I, I see how she's rolling. I see what she's operating in, all those kinds of things. And then she got to this friend I knew. 
uh, who I knew was in a relationship. You know, when you're 13, like, I, you know, I'll let every parent make their own choice, but I don't know if that's necessarily like dating age and like all those types of things. But I knew behind uh, her parents' back, she was dating a gentleman. Uh, and everybody kind of knew who knew him and knew her because he was, I think, like 16 at that time, that this was not something that needed to happen. And so she walks back there, this lady, doesn't know anybody from Adam, walks in front of this girl and says, you're in a relationship right now you don't need to be in. This is an assignment by the enemy to take your life and your, what God has for you off course. And this is something you need to get out of immediately. And I'm looking back there and all of a sudden my face got white as a sheet. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she really does hear from God. I'm like, Father, I repent. I repent of everything I've done, everything that I can remember, everything I can't remember. I repent for those CDs underneath my mattress. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Like you said in your word that you are faithful, Father, to forgive every sin, to throw it in the sea of forgetfulness. And if you don't remember it, you can't tell this lady and this lady can't tell my parents and I won't get the whipping that I know I deserve. So, Father, I just repent right now. Uh, So that's how that day went. Well, after the, the service, we went over to a restaurant that at that time was on County Line. It was across the street from the Hilton. Some of you may remember it. Uh, It's called Ralph and Cuckoo's. Anybody remember Ralph and Cuckoo's? Uh, so I said, yes. (laughs) Yeah, we like food. Uh, So anyway, uh, we went to this restaurant, and we're there, because she was staying at the Hilton, uh, and we we went to the restaurant across the, the, the way front, and we're there, and we're eating lunch, and I am sitting across from her, And while I'm sitting across from her, in the middle of eating, like in the middle of a bite, she picks up her fork and she sticks it in my face. I mean, literally sticks it in my face. So I'm like, here it goes, Father. I'm like, Father, I just, once again, Lord, I know, I know I repented of this, like 45 minutes earlier. And she says, I see you. And I'm like, oh gosh, what do you see? She said, I see you. And she said, I see you driving. Now, at this time, like I said, I'm 12, 13. Um, She said, I see you driving a string of U-Hauls from this, the church that I preached at this morning to a piece of property that's by the airport. A string of U-Hauls. And she said, and you're the only one I see. Now, at that time, Our church was over by Metro Center on the other side of town. And the plan at that facility was to knock out the walls and expand it into a sanctuary about this size. That was the the initial plan. And there was no foresight. There was no desire to move locations. Besides that, I couldn't even drive much less had any desire to drive a U-Haul. And at that time, like ministry was the furthest thing from my mind. I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be in ministry. You know what I wanted to be? rich. I didn't care how I got there. Could have been through an athlete, business person, like dentist. I don't care. I just wanted to have money Uh, and that kind of thing. I saw, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous as a kid. And I'm like, whatever you have to do to get on that show, I want Robin Leach to show up at my house. Anyway, so no, no desire, no desire to go in ministry whatsoever. 
And life went on. We ended the meal. We thought that was strange. My parents never brought it up to me. And over the course of time, my father one day had a stirring in his spirit. We're talking about, can you be led by God? I think I heard from God. Is it possible to hear from God? Can God lead us? Can God guide us? My father began to get a growing, a growing dissatisfaction in his heart about the location of our church. And so he went around forever looking for property, looking to see what could be next for us, what could be next for us as a church. And we had a businessman in our church at that time who wanted to do a neighborhood back here, and that neighborhood came to fruition, wanted to do a neighborhood back behind the church and around the church, and he wanted to buy all that property. The problem was, though, is the guy who was selling the property did not want to sell all this property, uh, uh, with, uh, or that, all that property, without selling the frontage. Well, if you're wanting to build a neighborhood, you don't want all this property. It's all frontage. So this businessman approached my father, and he said, hey, I'm looking to build a neighborhood back here. Have you ever thought about purchasing land? And if you have, would you consider buying the frontage? Because that would be perfect for a church. And then I'll buy, buy the, the backspace. And my father said, well, I'll consider it. So he comes out here to look. And of course, his for, first inclination, this is way back in the, the late 90s, his first inclination was, uh, this is the worst place for a church. Because everything stopped at the movie theater. There was nothing out here. There was nothing in this direction. I mean, it was just trees all the way around. And besides that, for those of you who know where Metro Center is at, you know there's a pretty good span of distance between that property and this property. And, of course, when you've been at a place for as long as we were, because before Metro Center we were at a, a place, a location called Jackson Square, so completely on that side of town, uh, that a lot of our members were coming in and around from that community and to just make the move over here made no sense. It didn't add up on paper. Nothing about it made any sense. But, you know, we have some verses that talk about leaning not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledging the Father, and he will direct your paths. And I can remember my father coming home. I was just a, a teenager at this time, coming home and telling my mom that he stood out on this, this road and had a witness on the inside, a knowing on the inside, a green light on the inside, something lighting up on the inside. We're supposed to be here as a church. We're supposed to be in this place. We're supposed to be right here at this time. And he's looking at it in his mind. It's like, no, this is the worst idea. People are going to think all kinds of things. Like, why aren't you moving that far out? Doesn't make any sense. All of those kinds of things. So he's leaning on his own understanding. And out of that, he's not wanting to pull the trigger. But finally, thank God, that war between his head and heart, and your flesh will go to war with your heart. That war between head and heart, the heart won out. And he pulled the trigger on it and bought the property. Well, you guys know the story. We developed this land from there and those types of things and cleared it all out and uh, that kind of thing. And then my father passed away of a massive heart attack. And at that time, I was going to, to Jackson Prep. We had moved over here to be closer to uh, the, the, the church uh, from where we were. So we had moved over here in Rankin County. And we had moved my 11th grade year. And my parents told me, they said, we know we interrupted your, your friendships and all those kinds of things, so you can go to school wherever you want to go to school. 
And my best friend attended Jackson Prep. He was a member of the church. And so I said, well, I'd like to go to prep. I'd like to graduate with, you know, one of my closest friends and really my best friend. I'd like to, to graduate with him. And so we had actually somebody, and I didn't know this till like a year ago, my parents couldn't afford it and, and didn't want to pay for it, so a church member found out about it and sent me to prep, paid the tuition for it, amen? Just generosity. Anyway, so I didn't know about that till years, like two years ago. Anyway, so uh, I attended school there, and I can remember 17 years old, sitting in, in class, uh, science class, biology, two, sitting there. In, in biology, and I know my father just passed away. Now, I'd seen him for breakfast, but I knew he had passed. Like, I knew, like I know my name. Just on the inside, it just dropped in me. I knew he was gone. And immediately, you've heard that phrase, a peace that passes all understanding. A peace that passed all understanding flooded my heart. And the very next thing that came to my mind was that prophecy that that woman gave me at Ralph and Cuckoo's. Now, I hadn't thought about that in years. And obviously, when your father passes away, that's not, and you know that. Now, no one had told me that. I'd seen him for breakfast. No one had told me that. But the next thing that came into my heart was this. I, I knew that prophecy. And the Lord showed me that prophecy. He brought it back to my remembrance of what the Lord had already told me. And I knew, like, I need to pay attention to that. Literally, five seconds later, there's a knock on the door. The lady opens up the door. She says, I need to see Joel Sims. I walk out of the class. I'm walking up the hallway of the school. She looks over at me, and she has beer crocodile tears coming down her cheeks. And she says, you need to go across the street over to River Oaks. I was the first one there at the hospital. I saw him roll my father in on the ambulance. First one there, because I was the closest one to it. And the whole time all this is going on, there's something on the inside of me that is bringing me a divine peace and reminding me of that prophecy. 17 years old. Isn't that something? I could build that story out more of what happened the next couple of days after that. I'll save it for the, the rest of the series. More to come on how God leads and guides. But I said all that to say this. This is my prepared place. Before time ever began, before Ronnie Sims ever passed away, when it was just trees and nothing was here, God prepared this place for me. This is my prepared place. I know the things that I have prepared for you. As it is written, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. God has prepared things for you. This is my prepared place. Do you know yours? God has a place Prepared for, for the children of Israel, they, they talked about this in Psalms. I brought you through places, through fire, through water. I brought you through places to get you to a wealthy place. Now, wealthy there, it doesn't mean like, you know, like lifestyles of the rich and famous. It means full, full. There are people 
There are places and there are things that are prepared for me. And when I get close to those things, if you're taking notes, you can write that down. When I get close to those things, there's a, a, a fullness that comes. Now, here's something you need to know. The most fatiguing thing you will ever do is the thing you're not supposed to do. The most fatiguing thing you will ever do is the thing you're not supposed to do. You remember the story of Mary and Martha? You have Martha. She's getting so frustrated at Mary. She sees Mary just sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening and hearing his word. And they're at Mary and Martha's house, the Jesus, and Jesus rolled with people. And he's got all these people there. And, of course, you know, you got Jesus and all his people there, there at your house. You want to fe feed them, take care of them, all those types of things. And so she's got all this on her mind, and her understanding is telling her to be doing something that she's not supposed to be doing. She's allowing the pressure of the moment and the pressure of the people make decisions for her. And based off of that pressure, she is working in something she should not be working on. And the whole time she's working on it, what is she getting? Madder than a hornet. Matter, matter, matter at who? Little old Mary sitting there at the feet of Jesus. I mean, you can just see her with the mixing bowl sitting there watching all this go on, hearing the kids screaming in the background and, and all of this. And Mary just sitting there at the feet of Jesus doing nothing but listening to him while she's trying to make a meal. This irritates her so much that she interrupts Jesus' message, like literally stops him while he is preaching. And she says, Lord, I know this is a good word but here's something if you could ask Mary to like pull away right now because I need some help in the kitchen and did you know what the Lord told told uh, Martha he said Martha Martha or as, as my, my father would say Martha Martha you know he had that southern draw to him Martha Martha I can remember him preaching on that as a kid Martha Martha he said you are troubled and your soul is vexed about many things. There's so much on your, you've had anything on your mind recently? He said, there's so much on your mind that it has troubled you and it has vexed you, but there's one thing that is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, and it will not be taken away from her. She was in her place, and in her place, there was grace for that place. The most fatiguing thing you will ever do is the thing you're not supposed to do. There's a grace for you. There are people who are grace for you. There are places that are grace for you. There are assignments that are grace for you. There are jobs that are grace for you. Why? Jesus prepared them for you. Did you know that before the foundation of the world, Jesus was the lamb slain? That God had made a plan. That God had a purpose. That God had a path. And it's no different for you. God has a path for you. There's places you're supposed to be and not be. There's things you're supposed to do and not do. Well, somebody says, when I'm, when I'm in that, that perfect place, you can write this down if you're taking notes, when, when I'm in that, per, you know, planned place, when I'm in that prepared place, will it be perfect? No, it won't be perfect. Why? Everything in this earth is in its fallen state. Do you understand that? that when Adam goofed up 
and ate whatever it is he ate. I can't wait to get to heaven and see the instant replay on that moment. Just so I can see what it was that he ate. What type of fruit it was that he ate. I think it was probably like oranges. I, I'm not an orange fan. Like, I'm just not an orange. But I think, you know, the orange gave him time to kind of peel and, you know, anyway. So anyway, whatever it was, whatever it was, I want to see. But as soon as he did that, everything in the earth fell. Not just people. The earth fell. And it groans for redemption. The rocks cry out for redemption. So you can be in the, the perfect place for you and still have issues. You can be with the perfect people and them still give you some problems. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But the whole time you're in it, when the smoke clears, when the smoke clears, there's a holy contentment that is in your soul. I I can remember me and my wife a couple of years ago we had some friends of ours who had been praying and felt led by God to go be missionaries. And they were going to base, and our base, in London, England, because London's an international city, and from London you can go all over the world, especially in some of those European nations. And their plan was to build Bible schools and launch Bible schools and all those kinds of things. So anyway, um, we were having dinner with them. They had stopped in to say hello before they left. And before dinner, I was just praying, sitting on my sofa, and I started praying for them. And the more I prayed for them, because, and I say this all the time, but it's the truth, if you sow the seed of talking to God, you'll reap the harvest of God talking to you. But if I'm not sowing the seed of talking to God, I can't expect to reap the harvest of God talking to me. Now, here's the thing. If you're talking to God, I I know God's talking to you. It's just learning to discern that voice. You've got to learn it. It's an art. Anyway, I'm sitting there just talking to God, and I'm praying for them and asking for grace and asking for, you know, divine connections and when they get there and expand their influence and deliver them from unreasonable people, Father, and like all those things that we're taught to pray for in Scripture. And as I'm praying for them, the Lord just speaks to my heart, and he says, I want you to tell her something. Just on the end, and when I say speaks to my heart, I'm not talking about I heard a voice, a knowing, a knowing. His spirit, we talked about this last week, bears witness with our spirit. Witness, test, a witness testifies on what they know. So I get a knowing in my heart, tell her to give me two years. That'll take two years. Now, I wasn't going to preach on this, but I just felt this big in my heart last night to share this story. Will it be perfect? No. But when the smoke clears, you'll have a holy contentment on the inside of you. You're in your place. So uh, tell her to give me two years before she makes a move, before she makes a change, to go into it with a two-year commitment. So I'm like, okay. So we get in the car, and we pick them up at the the hotel, and we go to um, Walker's downtown to have dinner. And we're taking them back to the, the hotel. And while we're in the car, I said, you know, I was praying today. And I said her name. I said, I really felt like the Lord told me to tell you that. And you can do whatever you want to with it. Because anytime someone tells you, I think the Lord is saying this, it should always bear witness with your spirit. It shouldn't catch you by surprise. But I just said, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to, to tell you to just give them two years before you make a move. 
before you decide, um, you know, to, to get committed or pull out or any of those types of things, give them two years. Well, anyway, years go by. And we're in England, and we're on our way to India. And we stop over to see them while they're, they're there and to, to minister and all those types of things. So we stop into London, and we take them out to, to uh, well, they take us out this time, uh, to a restaurant there. And while we're walking on the way to the, the restaurant, uh, she says, you know, Pastor Joel, you gave me that word the, the, in that time. And I said, I remember that. And she said, when you gave me that, I almost got a little irritated because, you know, it was kind of like, you know, who are you to tell me like I need to do something like that, that kind of thing? And, you know, anyway, and uh, she said, but my heart wouldn't let it go because once again, when it's from God, it'll bear witness with your spirit according to Romans chapter 8 and verse 16. So she said, my heart just couldn't let it go. And she said, out of that, she said, we got there. And she said, you know what? It was hard. You have this in your mind. You ever had this happen? You just plan it out. You ever planned out something? You ever planned out what marriage is going to look like while you're still single? You ever planned that out? Before you had kids, you ever planned out how those kids would act and what they do and how they wouldn't be like everybody else's kids? You ever planned something out? You, you ever, anybody you plan how 2020 was going to be? Like any of you do that? Like in 2019, this is 2020. You, you, know, you ever planned something out and then it didn't go according to plan? And she said, we had planned it all out and we get over in it. And the further we get in it, the harder it got. Why? The world is cursed. It is cursed. And it is up to us to bring light. It is up to us to be. We're the only thing keeping this earth together. You take the Christians out of this place and you watch where the world is at. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. Amen. So out of that, you'll get over in a situation where even if it's your prepared place, it doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy and easy. But she said, we got there, and she said, there were so many times I just wanted to go home, <laughs> just wanted to quit, just wanted to back out, just wanted to move all over again. But she said, that word would come back to me. Give me two years, two years, two years. And she said, Pastor Joel, I'm telling you. Those two years passed, and she said, just a peace settled over and washed in my heart. And she said, I know I'm in my place. There's a holy contentment when you're in the will of God. There's a holy disruption when you're out of it. Donald G., he was a writer about spiritual things. And, of course, in the Pentecostal movement, and Pentecostal is Holy Spirit, and we are um, a Holy Spirit church. Like, I believe in the, the Holy Spirit. Uh, I believe in the three parts of God. And I also believe that if you are a church that believes in the Holy Spirit, that does not mean that you either wear no makeup or too much makeup. <laughs> I believe. Anyway, Book of Acts is what I believe. Uh, and so we're here, and we're in this, this situation where in, in the Book of Acts, we see these things of people just being led. Just, just something bearing witness on their heart. And in those moments, there would be some moments that were just divine, and there were other moments where literally 
Paul is praying and he's made up his mind that he's going to go to Asia in Acts chapter 16. I'm going to go to Asia and preach the word. But the more he thought about it, the more he's getting a forbidding. He called it forbidden of the Holy Spirit was how he labeled it. Forbidden of the Holy Spirit. I just can't pull the trigger on it. My mind is telling me that's the next step. My mind is telling me this is the direction I need to go. My mind is telling me this is where it should be. But there's something on the inside that's conflicting. There's something on the inside that's stopping. There's something on the inside that's forbidding, conflicting this decision. And he said, we can't go there. So anytime you get that, it's like, well, God, what do you want me to do? So once again, you sow the seed of talking to God, you'll reap the harvest of God talking to you. And so the more he begins to pray, one night he's prayed and has a vision, a vision. And a man from Macedonia appears in the vision. And this guy stands up and says, come over here, Paul, and preach the gospel. A vision, ladies and gentlemen. Come over here, Paul, and preach the gospel to us. Well, Paul obviously follows God, goes down there and preaches the gospel. But in that very place that God had prepared for him, you know what he faced? That's where he got beaten. That's where he got imprisoned. That's where he got stripped naked. And that's where he was about to die. But he got in that prison, and instead of giving all that up, he knew this was the place he was supposed to be. And when you know you're in the will of God, it gives you a bold confidence to stand in faith. And in that prison, he prayed and sang praises so loud, the prisoners could hear him. I, I like loud worship. I like, I believe it's biblical. He sang it so loud, the other prisoners could hear him. And in the middle of singing and praising God in his place, because faith begins where the will of God is known, in his place, he prayed and sang praises. And all of a sudden, the miraculous power of God showed up in that room, shook the whole thing, and set him free. Why? He was in his place. There's power in your place. There's grace for your place. There is grace for your race. And for Paul's call, it was a transient call. Paul was never in one place too long. It was a transient call. So he had to be led with each step about where he was setting down roots and how long to set down those roots because he knew it's a transient place. I thank God he's called me to pasture. I know my place and I intend to stay here for years. But there, there's other people and other things where the call moves. You gotta be led like the children of Israel. You know the children of Israel in the, the wilderness had one job. You know what the one job was? Find the cloud, find the pillar of fire, and wherever it is, be there. Like, that's it. If you're there in that place, if you're there and, and wherever that cloud is, God will meet you there. God will protect you there. There'll be provision there. There'll be bread there. Your shoes won't run out there. You got one job, follow the cloud, and it would move. Sometimes it would stay in a place for a while and just stay there, and they'd camp by it. Other times, they'd have to pick up tent and just go with it. But the whole time, they were in God's place. God's place. One job. I got one job. Be led. I got one job. Follow God. I got one job. Get in my place. God has prepared those things for us. But this is why this is so important. I'll close with this. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 2 and verse number 9. We'll finish with this. I didn't get anywhere near my notes. But as it is written, 
eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Most people stop right there. Oh, isn't that beautiful? God's prepared things. I, I see a problem in that verse. If my eye can't see it, and my ear can't hear it, and my brain can't figure it out, how in the world am I ever going to get in it? How would I ever get in those prepared things? He answers the question, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all the things of God. Yes, the deep. We're going to major on that word next week. The deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him? What that simply means is this. We used this example in one of the services last week. Have you ever looked at somebody and all you were thinking about is, I can't wait to get out of this conversation. And you're thinking that on the inside, but the whole while you're smiling on the outside and they think you're actually enjoying yourself. They're saying, no man knows what's going on inside of you, but the spirit that's within you knows. So you know your heart in that moment. They're saying no man knows the things of God, but the spirit that is in God. It's like, okay. So he keeps going. Even so, the things of God no man knoweth, but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but we have received the spirit which is of God. Notice, underline it, highlight it. I've got it underlined, highlighted, and this word written out. Why? Question mark. Why have I received the spirit which is of God? That we might know the things that are freely given to us. Do you see that? Now, not in the sweet by and by, not this will end with the last apostle. Now we have received, not the spirit, which is of the world, but the spirit, which is of God. Why? That we might know. My father stood on this property had a knowing, a knowing. I'm supposed to build a church here. Knowing. That girl got over in England, had a knowing. Even when it was hard, I'm not supposed to leave here. Knowing. Sitting in, in Jackson Prep, 17 years old, I knew my father had passed away. How is God going to show the things that he has prepared for us? A knowing. His spirit is going to bear witness with my spirit. He will lead me. Donald G, I forgot where I was going with that. Just came back up in me. Donald G was a noted Pentecostal writer. And at a time of excess, he came back and brought balance. We need balance. And he wrote about the Holy Spirit. He wrote a book entitled The Pentecostal Experience, one of the best books I've ever read. And in that book, he talked about being led by the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'll tell you what it's like. He said, it's like a train going on train tracks. And he said, that train going on train tracks, it can go through tunnels, dark places. It can go through storms. All outside of that train, you could look out the window and you could see the scenery, change, scenery changing. You could see it go from darkness to light. You could see all of those things. 
But he said, the whole while you're seeing highs and lows, peaks and valleys, dark places and lit places. The whole time, I love this. The whole time, there's an innate smoothness on the inside of that train. An innate smoothness. And I said, you take that train off the tracks. That train could be in the most beautiful, luxurious place in all the world. But if that train gets off of the tracks, he said, no one has to tell anybody on the train the train got off. There's a deep disruption. And he said, when you're in the will of God, you're going to go through peaks and valleys. When you're in the will of God, the scenery is going to change. When you're in the will of God, when you're in the things that God has prepared for you, that your eye can't figure out, your ear can't hear about it, but you got a witness on the Holy Spirit that this is where I'm supposed to be, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, this is where I'm supposed to be going. When you have that witness of the Holy Spirit on the inside, there's an innate smoothness on the inside of your heart knowing I'm in the will of God. What's your heart telling you? What's your heart know? What's your heart know? Follow your heart. If you're born again and genuinely seeking God, your spirit is a safe guide. What's your heart telling you? Let's be led by the spirit. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for everybody here. And I thank you, Lord, that we all will be led by your Holy Spirit. Why don't you just pray this with me? at all of our locations, online, at Highland Colony, here at the Flowood campus. Everyone just pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, you said as a child of God, I would be led by the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, show me things to come, reveal to me my prepared places, my prepared people, my prepared assignment, and anything, Father, that is not prepared by you, show it to me. I'll confront it. I'll deal with it. I'll move my life from it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we just yield to you and we yield to your Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father. He will be our God. I just hear this in my heart. For you, you've walked with me and you've talked with me. For you, you have followed my past and been open to my instruction and my correction. And I will lead you in this moment. You need not be afraid and your heart need not be terrified. For you're in the right track. And you're on the right path. And you are headed in the right direction. In fact, you're doing better than you know. You need to give yourself more credit. Follow that inward witness. Follow that inward pull. For I am trying to pull you into the next thing I've called for you. And in this season and in this moment, with many distractions, you are staying the course. Don't remove yourself from your place. Walk it out. Walk it out. Walk it out. For you are walking with me.
says the Spirit of grace. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. We will be led by your Spirit, guided by your mighty hand. Father, I thank you for a deeper, Spirit-filled experience for every single person in this place, watching online or at any of our campuses. Thank you, Lord, for Now with heads bowed, eyes closed real quick at both campuses, this campus and our Highland campus. You can even do this at home if you want to on Facebook. If you're here with head bowed, eyes closed, and you know you need to make a decision for Jesus, you want to open up your heart and your life to the Lord, maybe it is for the first time or maybe you just want to do it all over again, that you want a renewal, that you want a fresh filling, that you want to give your life back to God. If that's you at either one of our campuses, this campus or at Highland Colony, if that's you, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, there's no one looking around, there's no one who's going to judge you, belittle you, I'm not going to put you on the spot. But if you're here and you want to make a decision for Jesus today, at either location or online, if that's you, I want you to do something right now. I just want you to lift your hand up all over this place. Hands going up, hands going up. I see even some hands going up at Highland Colony. Hands going up here at Lakeland. Online, too. The hand going up, it's not for me, it's for the Lord. Now, all of us, let's just pray this prayer again. You can just repeat it after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today, Lord Jesus, I open up my life. I open up my heart. Jesus, you are my Lord. And I thank you, Father. You are helping me walk free. I thank you, Lord. You have forgiven me, so I forgive myself. And I boldly say, my best days are starting right now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we celebrate at all of our campuses? Everybody who made a decision for Jesus today.